And we'll read all 16 verses of Numbers 12. Numbers 12, beginning in verse 1. And Miriam and Aaron spake against Moses because of the Ethiopian woman which he had married. For he had married an Ethiopian woman. And they said, Hath the Lord indeed spoken only by Moses? Hath he not spoken also by us? And the Lord heard it. Now the man Moses was very meek above all the men which were upon the face of the earth. And the Lord spake suddenly unto Moses and unto Aaron and unto Miriam, Come out ye three unto the tabernacle of the congregation. And they three came out. And the Lord came down in the pillar of the cloud and stood in the door of the tabernacle and called Aaron and Miriam. And they both came forth. And he said, Hear now my words. If there be a prophet among you, I, the Lord, will make myself known unto him in a vision and will speak unto him in a dream. My servant Moses is not so, who is faithful in all mine house. With him will I speak mouth to mouth, even apparently, and not in dark speeches. And the similitude of the Lord shall he behold. Wherefore then were ye not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? Verse 9, And the anger of the Lord was kindled against them, and he departed. And the cloud departed from off the tabernacle, and behold, Miriam became leprous, white as snow. And Aaron looked upon Miriam, and behold, she was leprous. And Aaron said unto Moses, Alas, my Lord, I beseech thee, lay not the sin upon us, wherein we have done foolishly, and wherein we have sinned. Let her not be as one dead, of whom the flesh is half consumed, when he cometh out of his mother's womb. And Moses cried unto the Lord, saying, Heal her now, O God, I beseech thee. And the Lord said unto Moses, If her father had but spit in her face, should she not be ashamed seven days? Let her be shut out from the camp seven days, and after that let her be received in again. And Miriam was shut out from the camp seven days, and the people journeyed not till Miriam was brought in again. And afterward the people removed from Hazaroth and pitched in the wilderness of Paran. Let's pray again. Heavenly Father, again, we come before you through the blood and name of Jesus Christ. And again, Lord, we're just so glad to be part of the family of God. Lord, we thank you for watching over us and taking care of us and meeting our needs. And Lord, we do just uh, uh, praise you and glory in you, dear God. We just indeed, we want to uh, all hail the power of Jesus' name. We want to declare tonight. Lord, we pray for each one that's here, each one that's listening. If by chance there's somebody uh, here that's not saved, we pray you convict that heart. We think of those we uh, handed out tracts the other day and talked to. Lord, uh, work in those hearts. And Lord, we think of this uh, young man, Sister Pam uh, mentioned, dear God, wherever he is, God, convict his heart, work in his heart, whether the need is salvation or restoration there. Lord, again, we pray special prayers for Sister Sarah. And Lord, that your good hand of grace would be upon her. And uh, Lord, you'd guide the doctors tomorrow and just give her the physical and uh, emotional and spiritual strength that she needs as well. And Brother Muxlow and Lord, others that are upon our heart uh, that have physical need. And Lord, we pray for our young people. God, please work in their lives. Save them at a young age. Give them guidance, dear God, as they seek your direction for their life. So in everything, God, we just want to yield ourselves to you that in everything you'd get the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to look at this thought for a few moments. Confrontation. Confrontation. Who likes it? Raise your hand if you like confrontation. I know some people like it more than others. Anybody here like confrontation? <laughs> I hate it. I hate confrontation. But unfortunately, it's a reality of life, isn't it? Unfortunately, it's a reality of life, even for God, right? Uh, everybody's got to deal with confrontation. 
And, uh, of course, a big source of confrontation times, sometimes is criticism, especially if you're a leader. There's always someone to find fault no matter how hard you try. Now, you know this if you're over people at work, right? Did I get an amen from Joseph back there, right? Sometimes, right? There's always got somebody to say. Uh, people, you know, if you've got a position of leadership, people at work, I mean, it can happen uh, even in, in, in families. It happens in churches, schools, any place, right? Uh, any place you got uh, more than one person, there's going to be confrontation. Of course, sometimes people just like to argue with themselves, right? But uh, confrontation, right? Nobody likes it, but unfortunately, it's a reality. But Moses is probably uh, the best or one of the best examples in the Bible. I mean, that poor guy just couldn't win, could he? Every time he turned around, man, somebody was complaining about something. I would not have wanted his position. I mean, I would like to got to do some things he's done, right? See the power of God and the great uh, uh, things that he did in Egypt and opening up the Red Sea, you know. But you got to remember, you know, everybody wants to see the glory side of that, but they don't realize the price that one has to pay, you know. Uh, rarely does my, God use a man greatly before he's uh, allowed that man maybe to be greatly hurt or done some uh, great thing or put him through some great test. So, you know, everybody wants the glory side of serving God, but they don't want the price side of serving God. But Moses, boy, he sure had to put up with a lot of criticism and opposition. But you know, so we see here uh, what it is, his, his brother and sister uh, speak against him again, uh, uh, verses 1 and 2. And Miriam and Aaron, and that's that, his own brother and sister, spake against Moses because of the Ethiopian woman whom he'd married. For he had married an Ethiopian woman. Now, you know, that's one reason. But, of course, verse 2, we see the real reason, right? Boy, listen, one person find one thing. If they like to criticize, they find one thing, it'll be easy for them to find other things. And they said, Hath the Lord indeed spoken only by Moses? Hath he not spoken also by us? And the Lord heard it. So uh, uh, notice here we see some criticism. And so uh, there has to be a, a confrontation here. We'll look at it in some other places. But notice how God helps Moses to handle this situation uh, uh, of criticism from his own brother and sister. And how it sets an example for us and what maybe uh, uh, how we should handle or a way that we can handle uh, criticism or handle a confrontation that sometimes we have to deal with. Well, one, notice that uh, Moses' uh, spirit. We see that Moses, despite that, maintained a spirit of humility. And so you see, anytime you have to deal with uh, a criticism or, or, or confrontation, something you might have to deal with, boy, you want to you make sure, say, Lord, help me to have a right spirit as I deal with this thing. Help me to have a right spirit. Boy, uh, 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 listen, uh, any time, you know, it's bad enough if one person is running on emotion during the confrontation, but boy, when both people are running on emotion, whoo, you know, uh, remember, any time there's, there's a conflict or a bad situation, right? always remember, when you, when you step into that thing, you're carrying two buckets, right? One full of water, one full of gas, and you got to decide which one you're going to pour on that thing, right? <laughs> Choose the water, right? Choose the water, and that starts with having the right spirit. Look what it says about Moses in verse 3. But when the, uh, uh, most of us know this verse. says, Now the man Moses was very meek above all the men which were upon the face of the earth. And so, uh, despite it being his own brother and sister, well, you never know. You always think it's going to be that, the, uh, you know, the, the, uh, your enemy that, that speaks against. Boy, many times you'll think it's somebody that's close to you, right? Or, or you know, what, what, what to say about Jesus, my own familiar friend. 
my own familiar friend, but I like that saying, hey, you know, people think, hey, uh, did you lose a friend? Oh, no, you know, I've never lost a friend. He'd say, no, would you never have? No, I just discovered an enemy. <laughs> Maybe somebody I thought was my friend. I've never lost a friend, but boy, I've discovered a few enemies that I thought uh, were friends or thought were better than I, uh, people than I thought. And so one thing we see, hey, when you got to uh, confront somebody or deal with something, may first ask God to help you keep that right spirit and deal with it in a right spirit. Next thing you see is uh, 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 face, it, face it directly. Deal with it directly. Look at what the Lord says. Notice this, verse 4, And the Lord spake suddenly unto Moses. Suddenly, that's important. Hey, the Lord didn't let this thing slide. Boy, the longer you let something fester, boy, the worse it can get. So it says, the Lord spake suddenly unto Moses and unto Aaron and unto Miriam. Come out, ye three, into the tabernacle of the congregation. And they three came out. And so they faced it directly. The Lord faced it directly like the Lord did. He dealt with it before it could become a bigger problem. And boy, that's what you want to do. You want to try and deal something, amen, when it's at the smallest uh, a circle or capacity, if you will, uh, that you can. And the best way to do that is to deal with it as quickly as possible, especially if you're part of some organization or if it's something uh, in the church or, or something where you work. We see another example, not only to uh, face it directly, amen, but be specific. Notice what the Lord says. And the Lord came down in the pillar of a cloud and stood in the door of the tabernacle and again called Aaron and Miriam, and they both came forth. Look what he says. He, he, uh, he was specific about what he said to them. And he said, hear now my words. Hey, listen up now. If there be a prophet among you, I, the Lord, will make it myself known unto him in a vision and will speak unto him in a dream. My servant Moses is not so, who is faithful in all mine house. Look at this. With him will I speak, mouth to mouth, even apparently, and not in dark speeches. And the similitude of the Lord shall he behold. Wherefore then were ye not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? Boy, he got right to the point. And that's the best thing to do. It's not always easy. Right. But get right to the point and try to make it clear what needs to be discussed and then realize not only to get right to the point what it's about, but realize if there's any consequences. Hey, realize, say, listen, we're going to have to deal with this thing or there's going to be some consequences. Look what he does there in verses nine and ten. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against them. And he departed. Look at verse 10. And the cloud departed from off the tabernacle. And behold, Miriam became leprous, white as snow. And Aaron looked upon Miriam, and behold, she was leprous. You know, the Bible talks about, you know, uh, uh, the importance of quick judgment and dealing with things uh, uh, quickly. And we see that's one of the problems in our nation. Because, you know, uh, uh, yeah, sure, maybe somebody gets caught for murder or something, and they get death row. But listen, 20 years later, they're still being, uh, their, their room and board still being paid for by the government. They're still getting three meals a day uh, by the government. But the Bible talks about the importance of swift judgment amen. and dealing things right away. Like old Barney Five said, hey, Barney Five, amen. Uh, maybe he wasn't allowed to have more than one bullet, but he had more than one word of wisdom sometimes, amen. You know, you know what, 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 what was his famous line? Just snip it in the bud, Andy. Just snip it in the bud, right? And that's what the Lord says, amen. The Lord says, hey, you just need to nip that thing in the bud and deal with it. And uh, that's what the Lord did. Uh, he, he dealt with it right away. He said, listen, uh, you speak against my, the man of God. Uh, go, you're going to have to be confronted about this thing. You need to understand what you did wrong. You need to realize there's consequences 
for what uh, you did wrong. You see, this is, this is good instruction for dealing with your children. Not just dealing with somebody at work, not just dealing with the problem church, but this is good instruction and in dealing with your children. Children need to know today that there's consequences. That's one of the problems. Hey, I don't know about you, but when I was a kid, there were consequences. You know, back when I was a kid, a neighbor could whoop you, you know, and they did, and they did, right? Uh, we'll move on from that. But uh, people need to know there's consequences. So the Lord, he, he, he dealt with it quickly and he let them know right away there were consequences. But on the other hand, about, about, you see with Moses, again, this shows his right spirit in this thing. He shows his right spirit in this thing. The Bible shows us that, listen, uh, uh, when, uh, when we deal with something, right, uh, and it needs to be dealt with, but listen, we also need to be willing to listen and to pray for the critics. Be willing to listen and pray for those that we're confronting. They admitted their fault, and look, and Moses prayed. Look at verses 11 through 13. And Aaron said unto Moses, Alas, my Lord, I beseech thee, lay not the sin upon us, wherein we have done, we have done foolishly, wherein we have sinned. You see, they got it right. Listen, you got to deal with things. You got to let them know there'll be consequences. But you also have to have, uh, be willing to give people the opportunity to get that thing right and, re and get restored in that thing, as we'll see. Let her not be as one dead, of whom the flesh is half consumed, when he cometh out of his mother's womb. You see, he listened to Aaron. He listened to the one that criticized him. He listened to the one that had to be confronted. And uh, he gave him an uh, opportunity to confess and get that thing right. And then look at verse 13. And Moses cried unto the Lord, saying, Hear now, O God, I beseech thee. Now we realize these are his brother and sister. But it also sets an example for us, right? Uh, you know, uh, the best way to get rid of an enemy is to make him your friend. Amen. And, and one way you can do that is to say, hey, I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you. Hey, I know we don't always see eye to eye, but I want you to know I care about you. I care about what's going on uh, uh, in, in your life. Hey, when I was in the military and, I, you know, when we were out in the field and a lot of those guys, you know, when they were in front of other guys, they'd say, ah, you know, uh, Stuart, they'd make fun of me as a Christian. But yet... They know that I, I, I cared about them. They know that I prayed for them. Boy, how many times when something was going on in their life, they wouldn't want the other guys to do it, that they'd, come, they'd find my house. And how many guys do I remember knocking on my door saying, Sarge Stewart, could you help me? Sarge Stewart, can you pray for me? And I didn't say, oh, what? Oh, yeah. Now let's, no, uh-uh. I said, well, sure. Come on in. You're welcome in my home. I'll be glad to talk to you. I'll be glad to, to pray for you. That's the right way uh, uh, to deal with things. And we see that that's the way that Moses dealt with things. That Moses, he was willing to listen. He was willing to give them an opportunity to get it right. And he was willing to pray for them. And then once the matter is dealt with, let the, again, let the relationship be restored and then move on from it. Let it be restored and move on from it. You see, that's what exactly happened here. Look at verses 14 through 60. And the Lord said unto Moses, if her father had but spit in her face. Boy, that's pretty, that's pretty nice, isn't it? <laughs> Don't get too close to uh, uh, your dad, kids, when he's talking, amen, because then you'll, you know, all right? Listen, if it had but spit in her face, she should not be, should she not be ashamed seven days? Let her be shut out from the camp seven days. And after that, look at this, let her be received in again. Hey, let's deal with it. Let's deal with the matter. 
If there's something that if there still has to be consequences, even after you've talked, let those consequences be done. But hey, uh, let the, let the relationship be restored and be willing to move on. We see in these are and Miriam was shut out from the camp seven days, and the people journeyed not till Miriam was brought in again. Look at that, received in again. Brought in again. They let the relationship be restored. And look at this. And afterward, the people removed from. Then, amen, after that, everything was restored. They were able to move forward. And that's how it should be in a relationship, right? To the best of your ability, trying to get things right, uh, give opportunity, right? Conf confront it in the right spirit, right? Be willing to listen. Be willing to let them get it right. Be willing to pray with them and pray for them. If it's, if it's such a degree, just like sometimes our children, they come and they say sorry, and then you say, okay, you move on. But sometimes they still have to have a consequence, and you deal with that consequence, but then, amen, you, you, you restore it. And listen, always let children know it's over, right? Always let children know that once they've been disciplined, it's over, right? Uh, 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 use the hand or whatever you use, you know. I, I, I have some friends, they'd never use a hand to spank the child. They always said, always use another object. Let, that, let them know that the hand is for holding or the hand is for giving something. You know, different thoughts about that. But not, so not only with your children, but also with other people. It's always good to let them know that that relationship has been restored. Remember, your goal in a confrontation or, or in trying to get something right or dealing with something. Your goal is not to prove you are right. That's not your goal, just to prove, you know, hey, listen, I'm right in this situation. Who do you think? No, uh -uh. you might be right, and that's good. But your goal is not to just prove you're right. It's to show what is right. That's the goal. Not to just prove you're right, but to show what is right. Paul gives an example of that in Galatians 2 when he had to, when he had to confront Peter. Right? He said this, But when I saw they walked not uprightly according to the truth of the gospel, I said unto Peter before them all, If thou being a Jew, livest after the manner of Gentiles, and not as do the Jews, why compellest thou the Gentiles to live as do the Jews? Now he wasn't trying to prove that Peter was wrong. And he was right in this situation. His focus wasn't he was right and Peter was wrong. His focus was, hey, this is what the Word of God teaches us. And you're not lining up with the Word of God. I'm irrelevant. What's right is relevant. I always tell people, listen, your first, uh, 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 your first obligation, your first loyalty is to what's right. Not to a person, not to some organization. Your first loyalty is to what's right. And whenever you're dealing with a situation, first focus what's on right. That'll take, help take the emotion out of it, right? Because that's your focus. Just like with Peter. He did, I don't think Peter, Paul walked out and said, well, I told, told Peter, I mean, you know, well, well, yeah, I bet I'll be getting a text that I don't recall, right? No, his, thing, his focus wasn't about that. It was about what is right in this situation. It's not about my opinion, it's not about my reputation. It's not about my feelings, again, that are important, but it's truth that's important. It's what's right that are important. Now, just as a, a, a little side note here, the reality, though, unfortunately, is that with some people, no matter what you do, you can't win. We realize that. There's, there are some people like that. But you know what? Even the Bible 
gives allowance for that. It says this, I like the verse, if it be possible, don't you feel that way sometimes when you talk to people? If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Just make sure you made your best effort. Hey, thank God that when you can talk to somebody, when you can get the situation straightened out, when you can uh, uh, get the relationship and things restored and you can move forward, that's great. But hey, unfortunately, uh, that's not always the case. But remember this. If your goal is for everyone to like you and have a right relationship with you, as I mentioned before, you'll have a lot of frustration in life. Right. But if your goal is to do right in each relationship and hopefully that will lead to most people having a right relationship with you, then you can have peace and move forward. Right. We, we, We want things to be right. But hey, you know. Some people are just that way, right? Listen, but make sure that on your end, everything's been done right, you know? And of course, uh, we don't like to confront people, but hey, you know, as Christians, sometimes God has to confront us just like he confronted them. You ever been confronted by God? God ever have to deal with you about something? So there may be times when God has to confront us. But even then, just like Moses kept the right spirit, God promises grace. Job 5.17 says, Behold, happy is the man whom God correcteth. You know, if you really get that thing right, you'll be happy that God loved you enough to confront you about that thing, to convict you about that thing. Happy is the man whom God created. Listen, uh, I'm sure I've done plenty of stupid in the last 33 and a half years since I've been saved. Thank God. I want to say I'm happy tonight that, hey, God convicted me. God allowed me. Uh, God uh, uh, allowed me to get that thing right. God allowed me to move forward. God allowed me to keep serving Him. Therefore, despise not thou the chastening of the Almighty. We know Proverbs three eleven and twelve say this: My son, despise not the chastening of the Lord; neither be weary of His correction. Again, why? Verse twelve: For whom the Lord loveth, He correcteth. Even as a father, the son in whom he delighteth. Notice some words in those two verses. The word chastening, that just simply means to discipline through instruction, right? To discipline through instruction. Correction, that just means getting a wrong right. Getting a wrong right when God rebukes you, amen, to get something right. It says, whom he loveth, he correcteth. That word means, again, to convict and to clarify a moral standing. When God comes and say, listen, you got something morally wrong going on in your life. Let's restore that. Let's get that thing right. But look at this. But in those same words, sure, you see the word chastening. Well, we, again, that's tough. Correction, correcteth. Those are tough things sometimes in our life. But right along those, we see the word loveth. Amen. He loveth. Hey, sure. Oh, man. He's convicting me. He's making me work on some things. Why? Because he loves you. He loves you. And he wants to have the best. He wants you to have the best relationship you can have with him. He wants you to he he want nothing in your life that would hold back his blessings in your life, uh, uh, hold back his good hand uh, of power being upon your life. He delighteth. I love uh, the the, the thought of this word delighteth. That word delighteth means to satisfy a debt, to be pleased with, to be accepted. Look at this. Even as a father, the son in whom he delighteth, the son whom he's accepted, right? We know we're accepted in the beloved. 
who he's pleased with, right? He's pleased with you, amen? Because you, amen, you're in his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to satisfy debt, and that's what he did on our behalf. He, amen, he satisfied the death that we have. So notice, even God, when he's chastening, when he's correcting, he still loves, he still delights in you. So what is he showing us? Your attitude, your opinion of the person. See, God is showing his attitude toward us. What is it? Amen. He loves us. His opinion towards us. Amen. He delights in us. So when we're having to deal with uh, correction with somebody, when we're having to correct somebody, let's make sure our attitude, our opinion to that person, right? Listen, make sure that your goal in the relationship, right, your attitude and your opinion of that person and your goal in the relationship has a lot to do with how you usually deal with a conflict. So again, ha- Lord, help me to have that right attitude. Help me to help my spirit to have the right opinion towards that person and my goal to be right in this thing. Now, listen, uh, in talking about these things, I'm not saying I'm there yet. Amen. I'm not saying I'm there yet, but remember, uh, my job is not just to share with you what I'm doing right, amen? My job is to share with you what is right, right? And so we're all still in the process of learning and growing, right? Jeff Stewart still has a lot to learn. Jeff Stewart still has a lot of areas uh, to grow in. So listen, I know I need to hear these things. But when there is a problem, again, it's best to deal with it directly, promptly, and respectfully. Now, respectfully is usually a hard part of the conflict, especially when there's a lot of emotion. That's why you have to ask God to you know, help you or maybe uh, put off dealing with it until you have those emotions under control and they're being controlled by the Holy Spirit. So we can be biblical about it. And again, uh, remember, these, these, uh, remember these principles. when having to deal with the situation. Let me give you some things. If you might want to write some down, or at least uh, let me give you uh, nine quick thoughts on this. Again, try to deal with it directly. Try to deal with it quickly, like, like the Lord did. It says, suddenly he came down. It says, suddenly he dealt with this. So just like uh, when Adam and Eve sinned, right? Right after that, what do you see? The voice of the Lord came down. He said, hey, I want to talk to you. I want to get this thing right. I want us to restore this relationship. And again, stay focused on the wrong action, not the person, right? Don't just think about uh, the person and you're going to show him and you're going to get right. Let's deal with the issue. Let's deal with the issue. Many times people get sidetracked and they just want to go off on the person and it be, instead of just dealing with the issue at hand. So, and then focus on what can be changed. Hey, hey, listen, this is what happened. How can we make this thing right? How can we straighten this thing out? And of course, be gracious. Always try to give the person the benefit of the doubt. Just because they did something against you, just because, you know, uh, 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 you guys may have some personality conflicts. Listen, uh, listen, as a Christian, try to be as gracious as you can and specific. Avoid sarcasm. That's harder for some than others, right? <laughs> harder for some than others. Oh, but I saw Brother Wood raise his hand. I guess he has a problem with that, right? So pray for him. Uh, and here's, a, here's an important one. Avoid words like, you're always or you never. Well, especially with children, you know? Ah, you, you, stupid, you can, don't, you never. You never do anything right. You're always this. No, no, that's not a way to talk to your kids. That's not a way to talk to other people. 
right? That's not the way we should talk to, uh, 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 to people, especially children. And try ask the Lord for wisdom. That what, what, what are real solutions to resolving this matter? What are real solutions to resolving this matter? And then always go in again with that desire and, and, and affirming with that person. Hey, listen, the, the only reason I'm, I'm bringing this to you is because I want us to have a right relationship. I want to have the best relationship that I can have. As, as a co-worker, I want to have the best relationship I can have with you. Hey, uh, as a fellow church member, I want to have the best relationship that I can have with you. And, and so on. So affirm your relationship that you, they, they should sense that you really care about them like the Lord does. And that the Lord said, yeah, I got to chasten you. I got to correct you. But you know what? I love you and I delight in you. I love you. Even when he's getting on to you, you know, amen, that he cares. I think he's the only one that if he said this hurts me more than it did you, I think he's the only one that ever said the truth, amen, <laughs> if, that was, if he ever said that. This is going to hurt me more than it's going to hurt you. Hey, with him, we know it did because of Calvary. So the goals, the goals in, in, in dealing in these situations, the goal, amen, of a healthy confrontation should be this. All we want, amen, we're dealing with this thing, is because we just want clarification to get a better understanding of, the, of what happened and of the person. Amen, we want clarification. We want change. Again, we want, we want to, if a relationship's been broken because of something, we want to get it restored. We want to get it right. Listen, people, if people uh, get mad at you and, uh, you know, uh, uh, was talk, I was talking to somebody the other day. And, and they brought something up. I said, I said well, listen, hey, uh, uh, if somebody thinks I've done something up against them, then they have the opportunity to get it right. Because I've purposed in my heart. I never want to have anything in my heart against anybody. Amen. And so, man, if, 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 I've, if I've offended you or if I've offended somebody, I want to know about it. I want to know about it. Listen, because if I think I have, man, that, that tears, I'm not going to say, that tears me up if I think that, that, that I've, I've, I've done something against somebody and, 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 and I want to find out. I want to, I, want to, I want to get that thing right. I want, to, I want to change the situation there. Relationship, because listen, I, 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 not only do I want, to, want it to lead to a better relationship, I want to lead it to a stronger relationship. Then we had just what the Lord wants. Why does the Lord uh, chastise you? Why does the Lord convict you? Why does the Lord correct you? Because he not only wants to restore that relationship, but he wants that relationship to go on and be stronger Amen. than it ever was before. Than it ever was re re before. Let me finish with this verse. Turn over to 2 Timothy chapter 3, 16. You know this verse, but we'll, we'll finish with this verse. 2 Timothy 3.16. All Scripture, 2 Timothy 3.16. All Scripture is given, we know, by inspiration of God, praise God, and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. A lot of words there, but just notice again, we've been looking at the word correction, right? Notice it says, for correction. You see, how does God correct us? God uses His words, right words, truth to confront us. How does God confront us? With His words, right words, right? Truth. And that's how we're supposed to confront people, right? With right words, with truth. He speaks the truth in love. And we're to speak the truth in love. Notice the words for 
correction. Notice that word for correction. The root of the word here, right, of this word, the root of this word here is orthos. Orthos. Now think about some words that have that in them. Orthodontist. What's an orthodontist? He does what? Right. What's that? What's that, brother? He gets your money, right. Well, an orthodontist, what does he do? He corrects and straightens teeth. He corrects and straightens teeth. Orthopedic, what does he do? He corrects and straightens bones. Man, I remember when I broke my ankle, and then I went to the, ortho, the, the, the orthopedic surgeon. He said, man, he said, uh, he, said you, you're, he saw my bill. He said, wow, you got to pay that much? I said, well, if you look, 75% of it is... For you, if you feel that bad, lower it. He said, no, I'm not going to do that, right? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I broke my ankle. Uh, I, was, I was playing football with some teenagers, right? And I said, well, I'm 30. I should be able to handle two 15-year-olds. Problem was there were five of them. They tackled me, and my foot stayed straight and just cracked my ankle. Yeah, bad day. Orthopedic, one who corrects and straightens bones, right? And then orthodox, what is that? One who holds to correct and straight doctrine. So think about that. An orthodontist, he corrects and straightens teeth. Orthopedic, he corrects and straightens bones. Someone that's orthodox, right? One who believes or holds to correct and straight doctrine. So the thought is this, right? It means to set up right again. That's what a dentist does, right? He makes your teeth right, straighten again. So the thought of upright again, to straighten again. In other words, to make it the way it's supposed to be, right? That's what the, the orthodontist, he makes your teeth the way they're supposed to be. The orthopedic surgeon, he makes your bones the way they're supposed to be. Someone that's orthodox, he wants, you to, right, he wants your, 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 your doctrine to be the way it's supposed to be. And so uh, uh, that's why God corrects us. That's why he wants to correct us and straighten us out because he wants our relationship with him to be the way it's supposed to be. And so, and that's what we want, right? We want, I want my relationship with you to be what it's supposed to be. I want my relationship with others, what? To be what it's supposed to be. And sometimes that requires confrontation, correction, right? Even though that's not easy. So we want our relationship with God and the people in our lives to be correct and straight, again, and the way it's supposed to be. And again, sometimes that requires confrontation. We do not like it. It's not fun. It's not always easy, but sometimes it's necessary. But when it is necessary, when it is necessary, right, whether it's uh, uh, someone at work, whether it's someone in the church, someone at home, or dealing with our children, whenever we have to confront, <laughs> right, we're hoping Sister Judy, right, doesn't have to deal with this, but whenever we do, let's ask the Lord to help us do it in a biblical Christ-honoring way, a biblical Christ-honoring way. Correction! Nobody likes it, but sometimes it's necessary, and so may the Lord help us to apply biblical principles uh, in those situations, amen, so that everything can be right, and through it all, Christ can get the glory.